You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian, with me as always, the Jose Luis Sanchez Sola of the Bethel Recreational Soccer League. It's Harrison Crow. <laughs> Say, hey, Harrison. So so we gave up a few goals this weekend. In, Harrison, uh, what in happened? What show. happened to your team? <laughs> so we have a couple of kids that, you know, are brand new to mm-hmm. uh, to playing soccer this year. Sure. And we played it like the class of the league. And... You know, like, I was like, okay, everybody's going to get a turn to play, you know, every position. You know, we're yeah, going to play midfield, yeah. we're going to play forward. And, like, they just trucked. They just trucked us. Oh, no. And not only that, but they, they didn't sub out their forward at all. Like, <laughs> they had no mercy. This is you well, nines. Listen, this is you nines. This is, this is life. Under, do you think that, like, well, I mean, is, is goal differential a, a tiebreaker? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think so. I think it actually is. So, so maybe they, ha- they couldn't do it. How could they be irresponsible? <laughs> it would be irresponsible as a what coach. Was, what was the final score? It was uh, thirteen to two. Thirteen to two. Oh no, Harrison! It, it, it was. It, it really was not good. It, it, there was. There was really no redeeming <laughs> moments from it. And I think, like, I looked. I looked at all the scores, you know, because you can go back through as the coach and go through what uh, yeah. how other teams did this weekend. And I think the the most other goals that were given up were like four. Wow, <laughs> just not keeping it. So the strategy of rotating everybody through every position might not be the most defensively sound strategy probably not and my my favorite part my favorite part was they had a they had a, a little bit of a smaller kid that was really quick and he darts down uh the sideline he ball gets free darts down and mm-hmm. the coach just yells cross it in cross <laughs> it and i just it was the first time like i made eye contact with them and that was the first problem i had with them like they had already score scored like seven yeah. goals at that point in time yeah. but now you're gonna tell them to cross it what type of monster coaches u9 soccer and is like yelling at his kids to cross the ball i mean go sounds home like the, sounds like the kind of monster that wins 13 too <laughs> Now, <laughs> were any of those goals conceded off crosses? <laughs> they, the last two were, yes. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I just, I'm picturing you just like sitting there. Okay, well, the problem is that it sounds like you're playing a different kind of game than everybody else is. And not like strategically, it sounds like you're trying to do like the good kids coach thing and be like, everybody gets to play forward once, you know, for a bit. Like, it's fun. And then they're trying to like be like, champions like they're trying to like they're trying to they're trying to atlanta you they're trying to red bulls new york you it, it well it really was one of those moments and like i had to i made both of my the kids that were really good i made them play defense uh like, this yeah. this time and actually play defense like stay back there um not both at the same time but they both took 
shifts there. And, you know, I was very much like, hey, this is something that you need to learn. This is part of this might not be your full time, long time position, but you still need to understand, like, you have a responsibility and this is how this interacts with the team. And they they were teachable moments, but they weren't really great (laughs) teachable moments. I I remember getting on the end of when I was a kid and playing soccer, I do remember being on the end of some of these teams that were a bit stacked, shall you say, a little bit. Some of the pay to play teams, you know, that <laughs> just it would be like twelve nothing and then you would see the coach like tell his team like, Okay, don't don't score any more goals. Like just pass the ball. And like that was somehow like even more humiliating. Cause then like we've got a bunch of these kids just chasing the ball around. Um being made to look foolish while the other team gets to like do olays it was you know i so i've been there before i've been on your team's side of things um and i think that 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 guy should have been nicer i think he should have like stopped trying to i i feel like he should have been nicer but you know what seven's a lot you just (laughs) yes but like you, you also can't tell kids i mean it's hard to be like guys don't don't try hard anymore it, it, it is and the big thing that i really want this will be kind of the the talking point when we we have practice this afternoon so uh, the right. big talking point will will be uh you know <laughs> you just have, paying you attention <laughs> yes tape. yeah we're gonna go over tape we're gonna and, go over you know, tape yeah wow. <laughs> i hope you made an xg chart for them and you're just like look at all these high leverage shots you're giving up it's absurd kids <laughs> I, I have you learned ha- nothing? I did have a, a short discussion with my son about that. Like he goes, "Dad, I saved two shots," and I was like, "Son, I love you so much, but you gave up seven goals. Like there's not anything. Like I, I appreciate you feel you did your very best. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I like but- I like your kid's uh, positivity. Like that's a good spin. Just like yeah, but it could have been fifteen. <laughs> he's right it, it could have been it, it very much could have been but the thing is okay it, it, here's the thing that's so funny to me about this it's just like your son's the goalkeeper like that's that's a rough position for any kid what well, so he wanted to be there in the second half and we were already down like seven nothing when he when yeah. he went in there so i kind of gave him uh, nobody wanted to play keeper and the kid that really did want to play keeper was late and uh, he didn't go to practice, so yeah, punish my, him. it's not that you punish him, but you want to reward the kids that are, are coming to practice and stuff, right? <laughs> like you want to kind of ins- you want to ins- well, and one of the kids really wanted to play, and he's like, oh, he was such he's he's a short kid. Um, he got chipped four times, like three or four times. Chipped, like chipped, lopped? like and the like, under nines, like Who are you un- playing? under like dude, it, it was it the was Barcelona under nines. No, no. Like he kind of just stood there and they just kind of flipped it over his head and like he wasn't, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. I feel bad for him. Uh, A couple of the kids were pretty upset, but yeah, there you go. Uh, My experience with, uh, with coaching has not (laughs) not gone so well early on. Do do I, I suspect that going forward, you're going to be like a lot more um, uh, charitable with your judgment of, of, of MLS coaches because you've, you've been in the trenches now and like you've you've been there with the orange slices and the bottles of of Gatorade and Capri Suns and like you know you've been on the ground level you, you know it's there you've had your boots on that ground yeah they, 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 uh, I'm gonna be a little I am gonna be a little bit more cautious while throwing you know some flaming darts from the sideline yeah yeah you know 
Fra- I'm not going to throw Frank DeBoer like immediately underneath that train, yeah. right? Yeah, no. I mean, he has he has his own troubles, and so does so does your under nine team in the, the Bethel Recreational <laughs> Under Nine Soccer League. <laughs> All right. Well, keep us up to date on that, and see if we can get that um, goal differential a little closer to five this this next week. I think I believe in you guys. Just drill hard. Yeah. You know, maybe like. Um. I think that there is something said to be put into like your best players at defense, but I, I, apparently not. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, that's, that's a different conversation to have in, in and of itself from a youth yeah. perspective, but really it was more about, they wanted to play forward and I wanted them to have time at those yeah. not forward <laughs> positions. To deny them, yes. Uh, but I remember like growing up, like playing soccer, there was always a thing where they were like, if you were the worst player, like you got put in defense. And I always thought, hmm. I wonder and, how and, like and that was part of the statement and that way. was part of the state statement right like I put some of the kids that just maybe weren't as talented I gave them an opportunity to start up front and yeah. to, to kind of do some things that probably they're not going to do later on in the season it's not like we have a huge depth it's not like they're not going to ever get that shot again but you yeah. know the the kids that are more maybe uh suited for those roles I'm, I I am going to give them especially I have one kid that just that's what he wants to do he just wants to get down the field and he wants to score and he's really good at it. But, uh, you know, I don't want to just mm. keep him right there. I want him to be more well-rounded because once he gets older, that'll be more expected of him. And I don't yeah. want to, you know. You have I, a responsibility to the game. And the well, I don't think it's just sport. even, like, I, I, on a serious note, I, like from a coaching perspective, these are still kids, right? The number yeah. one job is to, teach them something that at the end of the day whether or not they continue playing soccer that they can take a lesson and they can try to extrapolate something in a larger life meaning right they're yeah. they're nine years old help help them understand that working hard yields positive results you know stuff like that right <laughs> when you lose 13 too it's hard to, it's it is. hard it's hard <laughs> to like say look what this did kids <laughs> you worked hard and played as a team and got destroyed. So, so my opening—that's a more valuable is... life lesson, okay? In my opinion, because that's going to happen over and over again. Even so, if you do everything right, you will still get crushed. Well, so I was just thinking about this this afternoon. I was like, so my opening line can, like, my talk with the kids cannot be something along the, that lines. Like, you know what? Sometimes you can try really hard at life, and there's just people that are way better that than you, <laughs> they're just and you just you. You, they're just gonna beat you up. They're and gonna that's mash life. you down to dirt until you're a little nub. That oh, is gosh. that is called growing up. All right. Well, let's turn our let's turn away from 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 the trials and tribulations of the the Bethel Recreational Under Nine Soccer League, and uh, let's <laughs> let's let's turn our attention to what we usually do around here, and that's that's Major League Soccer. We are two weeks two weeks in the book. I am uh, very pleased with how things are going so far. Um, I think it's been a good fun two weeks. I have not been bored by many games, if any. That's not true. Some games, New England and Dallas was pretty boring. Okay, that's fair. Um, but generally, they've been good games. I think. I think there are very interesting. I think we have some some new teams that are like saying, "Hey, hey, look at me! I'm Minnesota, well, and I'm okay now." Well, uh, you know, I think even if they're like you look at DC and uh, NYC, right? Yeah. Um, for those that did actually get a chance to watch that game, um, it was it was interesting. Like there was thing, there was parts of it that were interesting that were um, you wanted to watch the game because of you wanted to see things unfold. Like 
for me, I'm continually interested about the fact that they DC United can have a defense and has a defense that's actually pretty good and not just um, kind of reactive, but they seem like they have a real strong idea as a unit of what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could not watch it because of streamings. I don't, I don't know what was going on with all that, but um, I do remember it was a terrible field and uh, apparently... It was a, a goalkeeper's showcase, you know, with the big stars there, Bill Hamid and Sean Johnson. I think NYCFC have kind of gotten to be a very... Last year, I was a very big supporter of NYCFC, like, subconsciously. I realized at some point that I was I was very big up on the New York City Football Club and what they were doing. Um, and then Vieira left, and... So did all of the joy I had about this team, like right out the window. And I think I might have just been a really big Patrick Vieira supporter subconsciously. Um, and I didn't, I certainly didn't like discount Torrent by any means. You know, we had uh, John on this show to come in and, you know, he talked about a lot of ways that, you know, they were quite good in, in, in the underlying numbers and that the results would in turn kind of fix themselves regression to the mean so it's a is a, a buzz phrase um and people that don't quite understand statistics but don't like statistics twitter this week um <laughs> so it it's uh we're still kind of waiting for that we're still kind of waiting for that from the new york city football club yeah so there's some there's some aspects of them that you wonder whether or not they they had some really impactful guys, right? Uh, Yango Herrera, David uh, David Villa, um, that that left, mm-hmm. and I think that they still have a lot of talented players, but they do seem to lack an impact talent, right? Like Maxi Morales is probably their best player, yes, at least in my eyes true. right now. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's a good playmaker. Um, I. I really felt like they were missing someone. They had problems breaking down that DC United back line. And they took a lot of shots from from kind of out wide slash long outside the 18-yard box that I really felt they had to take because there was no other options for them. They lost kind of their creativity and they lost some sort of the ability to break down that defense. Vice versa, it's not as if... DC United really had a lot of options going forward either, right? Like DC United didn't create a lot of shots, though they did create a couple of high value shots that Sean Johnson happened to throw his body in front of. Who, by the way, Sean Johnson has quietly become a really decent keeper. Yeah, you know, I saw him. What, he's always on that commercial, and it always makes me remember Sean Johnson because he's like sometimes facing down a striker is like driving a car. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> is it Sean Johnson? But if you say so. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do like Sean Johnson. I, I was very happy when he made that move, too. I thought that, you know, he deserved a little bigger club than Chicago. Um, but certainly, it, it's an odd time in, in the, 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 the growing up period of New York City Football Club. And, well, I think it is good to say, like, okay, maybe D.C. is for real on this defense. And if you had said to me that, oh, D.C. United were going to come out of their first two games against Atlanta and New York City Football Club with two shutouts, I would have laughed at you, like, one month ago. Um, You know, those two teams don't necessarily represent the 
what they they have even as little as 12 to, you know, 18 months ago. Yeah, but okay, fair enough. But at the same time, it's not just that they've kept a shutout. They've kept them under 1XG in both games. They've done a fantastic job at stifling those opportunities and preventing high leverage uh, leverage opportunities. It's not just that that they're not getting any shots open. It's that the ones that they are getting are hardly anything, right? And that's really a credit to that back line. Do you know who else kept Atlanta to under one? Wow, yeah, Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about this last week, right? We did. Cincinnati has has some really talented defensive players that can, if they can just withstand the constant barrage that they're going to face of attackers. And it's not even that Atlanta took a lot of shots. Atlanta also kept under 1G, XG again for a second consecutive week. But it's not just that, right? It's that Cincinnati has those pieces that they can launch that quick counterattack. And, you know, we saw it with Roland Lamar. You know, they have Kakuta Mane. They have uh, Darren Maddox, who really was a really underwhelming to me uh, yesterday. It felt like he was very uh, um, disengaged from the rest of uh, the Cincinnati attack. And that was, that was kind of worrisome to me in the sense that um, I, I think that he's almost as important as Fernando Adi in a lot of ways. And well, maybe that's me being a little bit sensational. Um, yes, I think so, a little you, bit. You think so? Um, well, I mean, we just looked at how good Maddox can be sometimes. Even when he's put on an island, you look at what he did at DC United. I feel like he has that next gear when he has the right coach. And uh, for whatever reason, he just looked completely... On his own, even though he was playing in a two-striker setup. Yeah, well, was wasn't weird. he? Wasn't he like he was like a second striker behind Audi, which is not where I would put. No, Darren Maddox. Yeah. But I mean, then again, I'd, I wouldn't put Audi there either. So you kind of got these two guys that do similar things differently. I, that great analysis, Ian. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, uh, you know they kind of play a similar position but, but approach it in a different way. So I understand having the two styles of play, um, you know, there. Uh, but neither of one is really like the good, like so-called secondary or shadow striker in a, in a 4-4-2. No. No, you're absolutely right with that. And that's why it's going to be a little bit interesting to see where Kenny uh, Safe ends up playing. He looked he- good. He looked good in those limited little minutes. You know, somebody called him a luxury player. I think it was Doyle. I think it was Matt Doyle that called him a luxury player. And and <laughs> I, I don't know enough about him. I haven't watched him enough to, to, to quite disagree. But yeah. that pass to Roland Lamar, like as he's fighting off, like stiff arming, um, I think it's Julian Gressel. And, and and finding just the perfectly weighted pass mm-hmm. as he's fighting off a defender in his entry into MLS into probably one of the, the hardest environments to play was sensational. And that was, that was something completely opposite of what I felt like a, a luxury player would do. He he definitely he got, he caught he caught some eyes and and this is good. But um I think you know, if we look at Cincinnati, I, there is definitely this 
they could be this team that does this. Yeah. Like if they get up for a game. Um, they probably weren't quite ready to do it against Seattle. I wouldn't have thought they'd be ready to do it against Atlanta. It's kind of crazy that they've got two of the hardest fixtures in the league out of the way already and have a point out of them uh, from their first two games in existence. So so credit there to, to Alan Koch, not Alan Coach, as we've learned, Alan Koch, <laughs> who, <laughs> amazingly, it's funny because uh, when he was, when I watched his post game at after Seattle, just like his whole demeanor, I was like, this guy does not know what he's talking about. But then after he got a draw with Atlanta, like he said and sounded like exactly the same, I was like, this guy is a genius. So it's all about like context, <laughs> I guess, for, for some of these guys, uh, as you as you will understand now too, as a, a member of the, the fraternal order of coaches. But um, <laughs> I, I don't like you. You have to kind of like look at a team like Cincinnati and go like, okay, this team isn't going to. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna beat anybody for nothing. I don't. I don't think that's gonna be a thing that we see them do. But well, they're not gonna beat anybody for nothing. uh, Passing the ball around, playing high high possession type soccer. I mean, let's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them to be able to beat a team like Portland, who, you know, uh, it's not to say Portland's a bad team. I think Portland's actually a pretty good team. But when you're constantly on the road. And, you know, you have some weaknesses specifically on that back line. I, I think they can get, and I think they can get caught on the break at times. I think they're sl- a little bit slow in transition, or at least they've shown that two weeks in a row. And not having uh, Diego Chara is going to also hurt you. Um, yeah, they could totally go up and win three to one uh, against them. That being said, let's, I, again, kind of like what you just talked about, that happens because they were out of transition or because of it, it was like the idea that Portland was going to beat SKC at SKC two to one. Right. Um, yeah. It just yeah, happened yeah. that they, they beat SKC on the break twice. And that's sometimes that's all you need. And in a single game, that's what you look for. You look for those opportunities. It's the same way Cincinnati did to Atlanta. You know, they, they looked for those two or three good opportunities kind of rope a doped him a little bit you know like drew him in just like acted tired threw a quick punch well Sometimes and when i'm landing and here's my question to you and this was something that i kind of was wondering about how much do you put on cincinnati for that and how much do you put on atlanta because atlanta definitely had some um had some problems <sighs> of its own on in yeah. the attack boy you know atlanta giving up a goal is not crazy news um, well, know, any team even, giving up a goal right, is crazy right. news. But, I mean, like, the thing is, is a home game where Atlanta gives up a goal is usually, like, they gave up a goal. It's no big deal because they scored five or four. Um, this wasn't, like, a situation where Atlanta deserved more from that game. Um, and I'd say the same is true of their match against D.C. too. Like, there wasn't a sense that was like, ah, oh, boy, you know, Rough luck for Atlanta there, but it, you know they're doing the right things. They're gonna be fine. Like I, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Like no, I know was... exactly. There, there's a process that they were that previously they were following, and you could say this is going to inevitably yield positive results in the long term. And we've talked about that with certain teams. Last night was not it for Atlanta. If this is what Atlanta is gonna be throughout the rest of the year, they in trouble. They're gonna lose some games. 
they're gonna they're gonna lose and draw games at home. I mean, against like that was Cincinnati. That is not the league's elite, and um, and that's no disrespect to Cincinnati, who played uh, well within their strengths and I think played to their strengths and, and played at their their level. But but yeah, I, if I'm an Atlanta fan, and you know I'm a huge Atlanta fan, <laughs> um, I season ticket holder since uh, 2008. Yeah, been there since day one. That's not true. Uh, I I I I'm. I, it's so early though. I don't like saying this, but I'm I'm a little worried, and I know that's not a hot take because everybody is saying it now. Um, it was a hotter take last week when I kind of intimidated at it than it is now. But I I, I hmm. That I, is, sti- uh, I still that think is, that is that is not that is not a team that looks like that. There's they're not one thing away from turning this around. Well, okay, so they are and they aren't. I'll give you this, right? <clears throat> As I just said, if this is what they're going to be, they're in trouble. But there's so much more to this, right? Uh, number one, Breck Shea is not going to be the left back the entire season, right? Um, <clears throat> at least I, I don't think I don't think any of us expect that at this stage, nor I think even going into the season, I think there was the expectation that eventually George Bellow was going to step up into that role. So they're going to get better along that back line right that's invariably that's that i said that a lot last podcast and i don't know why that's a buzzword that's just rang in my head so they're going to get better on the left back side i think they're going to get better between pity and uh the midfield that central midfield just for whatever reason there is just a linkage problem between the attack and well, that central midfield, there was just because your links are Breck Shea and Eric Ramidi, and <laughs> those players is extremely good at that. Well, who else is your link, right? Darlington Nagby, that is somebody you would Ezekiel. I mean, we Barco. know, we know, we okay, but yeah, okay. So those are players you would expect to be doing that more. I think. I mean, we know Nagby's not going to do that. Um, I, I I disagree. I think Nagby. I think that's what he's best at. I think that is ultimately what he's best at well i don't think he's best at creating i think he's best at linking things together i think he is just the ultimate and i think that that's what that's part of why miguel Almiron at certain times was just in another universe was because also darlington nagby was a super uh super great assistant he was a great um I don't even know what to what to kind of call him, but he was just kind of that right hand man to Almiron at times, coming out of that midfield and helping that transition. It was just these one two opportunities that helped Almiron break, and then once Almiron was gone, he was gone, and Nagby didn't. You know, the, Nagby wasn't needed anymore. The the transition already happened, and they were pro- progressing up the field. That's not going to happen this year. And Nagby mm-hmm. kind of has to, is going to have to play a little bit of a larger role. And you're right. There's some significant questions as to whether or not Nagby can help with that. But I feel like that's where Barco really, really does extremely well. And I think that's where you're expecting your new DP to kind of step in and drop into the midfield and help that out. I, I, that, I, maybe that's crazy talk. I feel like that's part of what his role is. I think it should be. I don't think it, it it's realistically what is happening, though. I don't know that if that's a problem that's happening on the whiteboard or if that's a problem that's happening on the field. Like, that's kind of hard for I, us to say. No, that's fair. But I think 
just judging with my eyes, I think it, it, coming from putting my coach's hat on, Ian. Yeah, um, but you do have one now. That's true. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it ha- seeing what I see with my kids and seeing what I see with uh, Pity, I, I just I feel like maybe it's a lack of and I don't want to be misconstrued. I think it's a lack of fitness. I think that he wants to do it. I think that they need him to do it. I think he just can't do it yet. And I want to yeah. emphasize yet. I think that, that, that I don't think that that's outside of his range. I just don't think that he's capable of doing it just yet. I don't think he's up to that level. And, <clears throat> you know, there are some really good points that, you know, Frank DeBoer had in that, you know, in playing three, you know, every three days, you you just can't go through all those different functions as a team, right? Like you can't work through some of those transitions from midfield to attack on, you know, a consistent basis because, you know, there are downtime, there are things and, and you have to do more whiteboarding because of that. And I think that's a valid reason why there could be some disconnects between that midfield and the attack right now. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of that excuse, if I'm being honest. Um, okay. I mean, I see what they're saying. I, it, it makes sense intellectually, but, like, we've seen teams that can handle it. I mean, it, it's certainly, if you're going to be, like, the greatest, you know, team in MLS, it seems like something you should be able to handle. It, it, if, it, they, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think that the issue is necessary. Like, I don't think it's a fitness problem yet. I mean, I think that this is, like, like even oh, I, I, I think like, it's a fitness problem. I do. I, I think it's a fitness problem. You do think it's just a fitness problem? Like I, with, just, well, I don't think like holistically. Or? I don't think holistically. I think that he's coming from Argentina. I think he transferred here. I think he took some time oh, off. Oh, just in regards to pity. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. So, I mean, that's my take on it. And I think that that's where a lot of the disconnect is with the attack. Now, that yeah. being said, there are other parts um, that aren't working that should have worked better, right? That back line probably, um, it's it's done okay early on, but it's not been great also. Yeah. And I think you're seeing things that you didn't see. Well, like, I mean, like Julian Grassel last year was a big part of the offense a lot, and it worked out extremely surprisingly well, like way surprisingly well. And this year, so far at least, like he's still – is a big part of that offense and it's not it's going more like you would expect you know a wing back kind of let attack to go uh so there are definitely like i don't know there are definitely systemic issues here i, I don't want to put the whole team down to fitness i'm certainly fine with putting pity pit, giving pity more time to do his thing i think that he'll do much better and i think fans that are listening i don't think any atlanta fans listen to the show because of me but i i think if you are thank you um th- thank you but uh, you know to sit there and think like there's this like kind of narrative idea that he is the replacement for Almiron uh, when he's not at all. He's, he's not that guy. He is a replacement for hopefully uh, Almiron, some of his, his production numbers, but like that role that Almiron had doesn't exist. And I don't think that even if it did, it would have been easy to go out and replace him. Even if, if you wanted to, I think that would have been really hard to find somebody like that again, but that's just, I don't know. That's... And one last thing, uh, right? Uh, 
hashtag free Tito Vialba. Yeah, um, give Villalba so. that cut there. Where, where's that I, guy? I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Let the man it's... play. He's really good at soccer. He's really good at it. Um, well, let's not talk about Atlanta anymore. All right. I mean, it's like done. a 10th place team. Who cares? Let's talk about some good teams. Well, you, like, want, to, you want to talk about the crossing that, that like, happened this weekend between uh, uh, Pedro Santos? You, this is funny to me. This is in my notes. Like You, you seem to be very dubious about... Uh, this cross from Pedro Santos. Uh, I, I don't. It's not that I'm dubious about it. Like, don't. I, I just am thoroughly like vexed as to whether or not it was it was good decision yeah, making. Like, it was. I'm fine. Was. You think you you uh, when the goal man it was the right decision. Just because yeah. it goes in the goal doesn't yeah, make it the right decision. No, that's exactly what it means. <laughs> if it goes in the goal, it was the right thing to do at that given time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you're trolling me, but you know, I, I know, <laughs> at least I know, try I know, to do it well with a straight I know, face. I know you don't like it when I say things like that, but think about this: if any other decision had not led to the goal, it would have been wrong. Like the object of any decision in soccer no. is to help the ball get into the goal. So, it, no, that's 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 incorrect. It not every decision that is made on the field is to further the ball right. to score a goal. Know, that is not oh. true. Number okay, one. Okay. Number two, you the entire I, I want to say the entire defense, but there was four blue jerseys in that little vicinity that yes, it was a perfect pass, but your team is transitioning and moving forward and going up the pitch. You have four, five guys moving from the midfield into the attack. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was a great pinpoint cross. Jesse's artist who we're eventually going to have to come back and talk to about being a really good uh, aerial threat, which is really weird uh, at some point in time, but he connects absolutely beats uh, Brad Knighton, who uh, is New England's keeper right now for some reason. Instead um, of Matt Trainer for reasons that defy understanding and logic and make me stay up at night cursing the name of Brad Friedel. Yes. But Brad Friedel was a keeper, so he knows what he's doing. Um, True. That's... Here's, here's the, the real takeaway, right? It's that by doing what he did, he didn't necessarily – that's not a straight plus. If you're looking at it not outcome, it's almost a neutral play. I want to see Elliot's decision-making chart, what happens after this, after he made that cross. Can I tell you something I did look up about this because I yeah. was so concerned as to why this was getting <laughs> this much attention from you? Okay, so it does turn out that Pedro Santos has already matched his career high in Major League Soccer for assists from cross in a season, and he did it in week two. He's gotten one a year since being here. And he's already got his. So it was definitely an unusual method of of a, of a Pedro Santos assist, which are somewhat unusual in and of themselves. Well, um, it's unusual also because the whole idea of Caleb Porter's uh, attack is to do less crossing and keep the ball on the ground by creating triangles. But I do feel like I've seen that play to Adi before in the past when he did it at Portland. I just throw it up there towards Adi, see if he gets a head on it. Yeah, I'm sure we saw Gaston Fernandez do that a few times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I cool. I hope Pedro Santos – Pedro Santos is a bit of a whipping boy these days. Um, 
I, I do hope that that uh, I don't have a problem with Pedro Santos. I just I, I legitimately was int- intrigued in that having that discussion. Why this? Yeah, uh, I I don't think it was. I I watched it a couple times, Harrison. Honestly, and yeah, he could have done other things, but I I like the pass. I like I like to see the ball get forward quickly, and I like to see like it sometimes take a less direct route there if you've got the guy like Zardis that can you know be that guy that heads it in. Um. I like the I ball know. moving forward. I, 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 I like that. I like I like splitting lines. I like you know finding holes and mm-hmm. it, just it going between two center backs. Like that's having somebody on the end of it. That's that's fantastic. See, this is where the difference between me and you is because you're able to kind of look at this better than I am. Because for me, like if I was like going to talk about what I liked and you said early cross into traffic what, are you in or out I would have been like that was my least favorite move in all of professional any level of soccer whatsoever and I hate it but because it went in I'm like I don't know she's pretty good good shot to me <laughs> I'm glad that you could still take it out of that context and look at it because all I'm like is like I don't know man that got in the goal so it was it was good uh but you're probably right and I'm probably wrong about that. I, I don't. I don't. Idea. I don't claim to be right or wrong because I know I'm going to get some type of like crazy email or like somebody's going to send me a DM and be like, "No, dude, Pedro Santos was completely justified in that. It was a good transition. Yeah. You just hate crosses and you're so blinded by that." And Caleb yeah. Porter is going to talk about it in this next press conference. It's going to be a it's, big sub press conference to you. It, it uh, wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time. All right, what else do we have here on our fun notes? Oh, Gideon Zalalem. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? I don't know about this one. I, that's fine, I guess. Uh, what I don't want is another player keeping Kellen Rowe on the bench. Uh, would be my main concern with it because we worked so hard and hoped for so long to get him out of this New England situation only to be back here again um, if this goes through and he gets pushed down the, the depth chart. But maybe it just leads to his eventual return to Seattle where he can embrace Brian Schmetzer, uh, his philosophical father. And uh, philosophical that's father, that's the happiest. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's... I mean, soccerly, philosophically, <laughs> he'd be very, he would be very good there. I think. I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think that he'd be really interesting there, especially with the possession-oriented style that Seattle's continuing to kind of press forward with. But uh, SKC is very similar, right? Um, and one of the things about uh, Zalelum is that he's going to be more of a number six. And with that, I don't think he's going to take away Kellen Rose minutes. In fact, one of the things that I kind of notated when uh, I was going through the SKC, uh, you know, MLS preseason preview was that there didn't really appear to be a backup for Ily Sanchez. And with Zalilam, there now kind of is. Can I tell you something about Ily Sanchez? Yeah. Earlier I, mean, this- I know you really like him. Yeah, I'm going to say that, <laughs> but spoilers. Earlier this offseason, I <laughs> took a big look at every central midfielder in Major League Soccer's statistics on a wide variety of topics and subjects and various disciplines within the sport and came to the conclusion that he was the best one. Just saying. Um, I don't know if that's where Zalalem's going to be. I think Zalalem has a lot of work to do, I think, before he can get there. I think that he's going to be at... Uh, Swope Park, I believe is their their affiliate. Um, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, right? I, th- I think he's got to start there. I mean, he hasn't really played a lot of soccer lately. I, I know for me, he said that he's been conditioning and training, and that's good. And I don't think he would have just. 
I don't. I don't think this is immediately like an impact move that that SKC fans need to look at right now and be like, this is going to be the move that pushes us over the top this year. Uh, but you know, it was a, a low risk financial move and uh, certainly a, a name that that rings bells. Um, you know, he was he was much heralded a few years ago. I, I don't haven't really been following his his career uh, since, but apparently, I guess it's not been amazing. But you know, he was in a hard league and a, a difficult team. Uh, you know, to find minutes on. So it certainly doesn't disqualify him from from the SKC system in any way whatsoever. So um, yeah, it's good. I I, I do want to see more Kellen Rowe, and if this hurts that, I will be against it. But uh, yeah, I, it's good. Um, we got you know a, a former kind of young. U.S. prodigy-ish kind of guy coming back and, and, and maybe refining some of that form. And that can only be good for our, our United States men's national team soccer program. Well, and, and you know, on the on the long term, yeah, the, there's the U.S. men's national team. But I, I think just more specifically looking at uh, Sporting Kansas City, they've done this uh, repeatedly year over year. They sign somebody that has a little bit of flash to them that they don't necessarily immediately utilize or leverage, right? They kind of stash them away. They bring them up and they kind of uh, indoctrinate. I mean, you, you think about, uh, you know, Diego Rubio, um, uh, Daniel Shalloway. Some of these different, you know, young players have continued to, to grow despite uh, the fact that they didn't necessarily start right off, right out of the bag. They didn't get minutes right out of the bag. You know, they fought at different levels. And so, yeah, he probably might go to Swoop Park. He may just kind of sit there with the with the rest and train with the rest of the team. He might not go anywhere to, to begin. Um, so it, it'll be kind of interesting. He does kind of come from uh, the background or at least show in both the Arsenal system and then also with the U.S. men's national team being that six to where he sits a little bit deep. He's a little bit more Will Trap-esque and that he does a lot of passes. Uh, I don't remember who it was. I think it was a uh, what final third or something like that that um, that basically did a rundown of all the different things that he's kind of done. Um, and just kind of said, "Hey, this is here's here's who he is," and, and they tweeted it out. It was a really good uh, tweet thread. So you could go ch- uh, try to track that down. Final, I think it's at final third. Okay. Well, you have to you have to link these things to me because I didn't study this material properly. Then I didn't know about the I, tweet I, thread. I, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it, the big takeaway is that they basically got a younger tweet, uh, less refined uh, Will Trap for uh, pennies on the dollar. And that, and that might be that may be true. Probably doesn't start for him this year. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. Eye to the future. Team Kellen. Team Billy Sanchez. That's me. Hashtag it. Uh, okay, uh, we have a couple more matters of Major League Soccer to discuss in our notes here. Uh, yeah, Minnesota, two World Games, two wins. Good point. What is up? Minnesota looks good. Minnesota looks good. I like Minnesota right now a lot. Um, I've liked Minnesota a lot in the past, even though they've not been deserving of my praise. Uh, but there's something... Uh, about them this year, and I think it is all the good players they signed, <laughs> which uh, I know is a crazy strategy, but uh, two rub wins is nothing to shake a stick at, uh, particularly, um, you know, Vancouver and, and, and San Jose aren't like the, you know, the the, the cream of, of, of the MLS crop or anything, but uh, no pushovers, you know, it's, it's tough to go out and get, get rub wins, especially for a team like that. Uh, you have here Darwin Quintero, most impactful in MLS, two goals, three assists, three games. Could he ever run an MVP? That's a good question, Harrison. That is a good question. 
uh, I wouldn't say that he will not win it, but yeah, he could be kind of like that Piotti token, like third place also ran. That would be fun. I'd be for that. Piotti that actually has meaningful underlying numbers. You don't think Darwin Quintero has meaningful underlying numbers? Oh, no. I think Darwin Quintero actually does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Unlike, you know, the person that we obviously... We have a lot of... Yeah, have you noticed? There's like a... We could do a Venn diagram of people that I dislike but you love. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I have a soul. It's, uh, that is actually probably <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like it. No, I like I like Darren Contrero a lot. I think he's fantastic. I, I, I love watching him play. And he is uh, one of those guys that is so good at being able to, like, just do things his way and make things happen and that's that's a rare skill in, in any league and, and mls is no different so um yeah he could be in that conversation i, I don't think he did win it over uh, i don't see minnesota continuing this form and going on to a supporter shield with an undefeated record if they do then obviously he deserves all the plaudits and mvps but uh assuming that they finish where i suspect they'll finish which is uh either just above the playoff line or below it um you know i, I think he can have that piatti's like third spot where a really, really great individual player for a team that's kind of on that edge there. See, and here's the deal. I, I, I think that this is kind of something that we haven't really thought about on the whole, and that's there hasn't been huge signings this offseason. Mm, yeah. Uh, do you mean like league-wide or just Minnesota? Yeah, league-wide. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, no, it, it hasn't been a huge year. It's true. I mean, you look at all the talent that was imported last year, and yeah. it, it's, it, it's just mostly stayed. Right, so we, David Villa left, but you know they replaced him, um, kind of. And uh, they, did, they didn't team. really. <laughs> well, they did. They, That's so, the problem. So, yeah. So the quote is that they did replace him, but not quite the way that we would have all thought. Yeah, they so. replaced him with three different players. Right. Which is awkward. It, it, it is awkward, but the the idea is this this league and it as itself is probably about where it was at last year on top yeah. level talent. So the same guys, it's not like we have all of a sudden this new fascination was Latin uh, who uh, he did some really good things. He scored a lot of goals. Uh, he nearly wheeled a really bad team into the playoffs, like single-handedly, mm-hmm. um, which was fantastic to watch as a storyline and narrative. However, uh, I, I don't, know if there was ever a time at which it was uh the conversation for mvp could really be had because of what joseph martinez was doing what zlatan was doing because of who zlatan was it was basically a two-horse race from the very beginning of the season and this year it feels like it feels like it could be anybody it really feels like it could be it could be Carlos Vela. It could be uh, Nicholas Ladero. It could be Darwin Quintero. And I think that that's fantastic for the league because I feel like there's so many different great uh, impact, high-level talent guys that could do something like magical over the course of the season. I guess it depends on what we're talking about because if we're talking about the deserving, who will stand out as the best player of the season um, in our opinion or in – you know, the, 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 the type of people we hang out with type of opinion uh, versus who will actually get to hold the trophy, I, I think it's a different question always. Um, certainly, Quintero might be that guy that, that gets our vote. 
Uh, but ultimately, I, I don't think he's the the type that's going to get to hold the trophy. So I guess that was my whole point. But I but I do agree that yes, yes, it's a little more wide open this year. There really isn't a. Um, I mean, I feel like last year Almiron was the presumptive winner, and maybe he still should have been. I, I don't know. In the end, I mean, Martinez is hard to argue with with that many goals. So yeah, um, agreed. Uh, and certainly, <laughs> we see how important he is now. Uh, but it, it uh, it's. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's one to keep an eye on. I, I think that definitely there are some. Yeah, I think you, you said some guys. I think Rui Diaz could be a guy if he scores twenty, twenty-five goals, which I think he really very well could uh, for Seattle. He could be in that conversation as well if they choose to kind of go in the goal direction. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you're just not convinced by Real Rui Diaz, are you? Like he's only scored like we, we can, fifteen we can, goals in sixteen games. I mean, yeah. I don't know why you would be. Con- Anyway. Let's 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 shift this conversation away from you know <laughs> this because we can come back to this next week we'll, when he we'll scores do this next again week when he scores again. All right, um, uh, San Jose, San Jose. Yeah, you, okay. So you hit you started writing this out as as we were. This was like your little bit was San Jose still bad and like I immediately we're typing on two different uh, Google Docs, right? Like on your yeah. end and I'm typing on my end and you typed out San Jose still bad. I was like, yes, LOL. <laughs> yeah, boy. That's, so, this is this is not going like I hoped it would be. And San Jose's doing some things I don't really like. So what, uh, before we go down what you don't like, explain uh, to the those at home that maybe are first time listeners and maybe uh, skip episodes all the time. <laughs> no, um, I have to do this again. I always look stupid for a week after I do I, this. But but I don't see I think it's best to hit these points when the team's at the, at its lowest. And here's the reality of it is this team probably isn't with the transition that it's making and we've seen this at every step. You know, like look, you you bring in new organizational um, tenants and mm-hmm. you bring in new philosophies things change and they do and they do. It, it just takes a while to get everybody on the page so i think it's really important to explore the theory of talent and maxim and putting pieces on the chessboard and san jose is especially interesting because they haven't had high roster turnover so my thing with san jose has always been when I say always, I mean the last two, three years. That, and I've continually said that I will die on this hill, and I eventually will. One day you will find my body on this hill, beaten and broken, um, holding a sign that says, says Go Jingworth. Uh Naked chained on the floor. <laughs> probably all that, yeah. Like Natalie Imbruglia's, it would impugn me to be. Um, I think that there's good players on this team. And I think that there's a really decent team on this roster. <laughs> and I've always said that there were like a couple of pieces defensively, maybe, and a really good coach away from being a team that could make some waves in this league and make the playoffs. And I guess I kind of thought that would be this year, but and maybe it still will be. It's so early still. And, and like you said, it's... It's a process and a transition, and I definitely think I was thinking it would be more. Uh, you know, they announced this move last year, so it seems like he's been there longer than he really has, like meaningfully. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it, he's had a lot less time to actually be there than what we have in our, you know, in our minds. Yeah, in our minds. So it seems like this started somewhere around like 
August of last year. And really, you right. know, it's, it's his first season in charge. He had the same preseason as everybody else. Um, I like a lot of these pieces. Um, they're kind of, <laughs> they remind me, like, they're like a little island of misfit toys in a way. And I, I just, I, I'm always drawn to these kind of players that are like, I think good at certain things and, and not really like completely polished or raw, but I like the idea of putting them together. And I kind of, uh, boy, I'm rambling about why I think San Jose. I like a lot of San Jose's players, I guess is what it comes down but to. I, I don't think you're wrong. And I'm, I'm not bringing this up and I didn't want to talk yeah. about this to like make fun of you or laugh no, at no, you. No. Yeah, because yeah. I think that number one, first of all, I, I actually think that you have a really keen eye in actually noticing the small things that players do just and I a lot of times miss those keys because I'm too busy looking for my confirmation bias. And so, <laughs> oh, we yeah. as we all are, we, we, we all are indeed. And so this, this conversation always strikes me as, as one is really interesting because I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think Vaco from, uh, from, uh, from an existential statistics perspective, right? Like looking at the numbers, Vaco's interesting. Wando's interesting. Danny Hosen is is interesting, right? Like they have three or four players that are really interesting. You know, uh, go, Luis Fernandez, f- right? I'll go one further. Yeah, LFF. I mean, he's not even making the bench these days, so I, I assume he's he's gone. He's done. Um, if you were if you were like Houston, wouldn't you make yeah. a call about that? Oh, I'd call about a couple of players on San Jose. Uh, one him and two and more importantly my favorite player on their team and a guy that's barely seeing minutes is uh is uh, Florian Juneworth um he would be an attractive piece for a number of teams um and San Jose should absolutely get something from him if they're not going to use him and I've heard like I've heard countering views on this so so tell me why you like Florian Youngworth be, um well he's versatile I like versatile players a lot I like I like guys like that um I think he's uh, – I mean, we've seen him perform well at outside back and center back and uh, center midfield. I think he's a center back, I think, is where he was best. And when he was at his best for San Jose is where he was playing. Um, I think that they've looked to upgrade him uh, a number of times and kind of moved him around a lot over the last couple of years. But um, <clears throat> I just – this is like if I'm a coach, and I'm not, but if I'm a coach and I see a guy that can give me, you know – reasonably good like production in a number of spots on the field for a, a what he's tam money i mean he's not even like a huge tam signing yeah, either yeah he's he, i think he is a tam signing yeah but i don't think it's that much for what you get i mean and i think over the last two years prior to this i think if i had to say who their best player was it was probably him so i'm very surprised to see him out of the lineup completely um you know, and that's one of the things that bothers me. <laughs> so that's a piece I really like. Um, I thought Fernandez did start to show towards the end. Like when he came out of nowhere a little bit from Reno, I was like, this kid is hot. This kid's got something about him that I like too. This is something I like to watch play. And I think that if he is given minutes, if he's given time to develop, like he could become a very cultured, very successful uh, major league soccer, you know, central midfielder, defensive midfielder. Um, so to see him not even on the bench right now is, is, is annoying to me. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's, they're making some choices and I, I get that when you're a coach, you come in, um, and you've got things. I'm glad that Nick Lima still is, is being very, very good. I don't think anyone can question that. Um, 
think Erickson's a good player that 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 just is kind of in a weird system, but but I think he's starting to find his feet a little bit, and I think you'll see him start to look good on your statistics a little bit more this year. Um, the the man has a, a knack for a key pass, and then you know just old man Wando, like the classic. He's Wando. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, old man Wando just... is is perfect because it, it it feels like it parallels like uh, old man Logan, like in some com- yeah. context, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. He, his his power is waning, but it's still there. It's still there, and like he's still like he always approached the position with such a. Uh, it was a unique skill set, I think, in MLS where you really kind of focused on guys that you wanted to be fast as attackers or wanted them to be strong or tall or any of these things. And what Wondolowski was was just clever. And I just love that in a player. He's very a lot. cerebral. Yeah. So yeah. So this is why I like this team because like these are these are the misfit toys. <laughs> these are the these are the ones I like and the ones I look at and, and just like I want them to have a good home and I want them to all stay together and, and have a, a, a nice happy ending to their, their film. You watch uh, Toy Story so many times. So many times, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think about them when I see that that scene where they're in the the trash burning thing. <laughs> I see you see Woody and Buzz and the the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and I see Wando and June Worth and uh, Tommy Thompson. <laughs> 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 I don't know. All right. I like the, I like the San Jose earthquakes, despite all of not having very very bad reasons to do so and i still believe there's a good team there and i will continue to do so and i I, i'm worried that we're not going to see it this year fair enough fair enough that's what i meant with it that's it i i think we did it we talked about everything well as always thank you for listening listeners um and thank you to my uh, friends my co-host my colleague harrison crow you can find him on twitter at harrison underscore crow uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you feel so inclined uh, at and it's a, at a handle for Ian. That's the the word for F O R. Um, you should follow our website, our organization on Twitter. That is uh, at Analysis Evolved, and uh, please visit our website www.americansocceranalysis.com. Um, season's getting started. We've already got some of our columns going out this week. Uh, we're looking at some new things we can do to kind of provide you some weekly entertainment. Uh, there's been talk talk of a mailbag perhaps appearing, so that could be a great time for you to write questions and make fun of me or Harrison, preferably Harrison. Um, going forward, so keep an eye out for that yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, please please make fun. I think we're on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah, we are know. on Facebook. We I randomly get like something. Somebody asks like a random question on Facebook like once every two weeks or something, and yeah. I forget, I remember. Hey, we have Facebook out here. That's crazy. Yeah, so if you're asking questions on Facebook and wondering why we're not answering, it's because most of us don't don't know how to access it. So that explains that. Uh, if you want, you can go on uh, your internet tunes, your iTunes, and, and leave us a review. Uh, five stars, please. If not five stars, just you know, find something else to do with your time. No need to leave a review. Less than five stars. Uh, say something nice if you want. That's always a good way to kind of get uh, the word out there. It helps us climb the search charts a little bit when people search American soccer. And there aren't that many, so we really should be at the top. Um, uh, we would certainly appreciate that. But uh, anyway, as always, uh, visit the website. We'll be back next week. Thank you again for listening. Uh, we will see you next time. And until then, enjoy the soccer. Cause I can't feel a thing No, I can't feel a thing 
Your dreams, a breast between. 